Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week, which means it's time for our strange news segment. And uh, we have some doozies here, actually. Before we started rolling, uh, we were talking back and forth about... Uh, some of the difficulties we had just getting this down to three stories. Several of these may be familiar, but it's going to be very strange if you are already aware of all three. So I got to say, Noel, as soon as you told us about your story for today, uh, I was torn, man, because my, my first reaction was, this is terrible and frightening. And my second reaction was, this would look so cool in a sci-fi film. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's probably something we've seen in sci-fi films. It makes me think of uh, Terminator 2 when you see that epic scene of the, the actual Terminator exoskeletons crushing skulls, you know, with their giant bulldozer things. And there's these flying, like, UAV-looking things with, you know, mounted laser cannons, one would assume. Uh, this is sort of like that, only, like, you know, a little more grounded in uh, what I guess passes for reality. These days, uh, there's an article in express.co.uk. The headline really says it all. British Army unveils first shotgun armed drone, which uses AI to take down enemies. Wait for it. Indoors. Wow. Close the, yeah. combat drones. Close. Co- it's exactly right, Matt. Close combat drones. And you sort of think to yourself, like, well, that seems like a thing that they would have already done or that somebody would have already had this idea. It doesn't seem particularly unique. But it turns out that um, drones need open spaces to fly. 
efficiently because of a lot of things because of you know you know bumping into stuff but also just air current and apparently mm. indoors in close quarters walls actually disrupt the airflow in such a way that can cause the drones to become unwieldy um, mm. when they fly and uh, the British Army is working with a company to develop these particularly sophisticated drones that are armed with double barrel two double barrel shotguns that can fly indoors. And uh, the one really important use for this would be, let's say you've breached the walls of an enemy stronghold of some kind and and you want to send folks in like, you know, SWAT style or you kick in the doors and do all the cool hand movements and all that stuff. And, you know, throwing up the different signals and flanking and whatnot. Uh, And that's when a lot of people die because you're going into unknown territory and there's usually people waiting, you know, fully armed to, to take you out. And so you're kind of at a disadvantage there with these Little guys, you can send them in ahead to scout the thing because they'd be equipped with cameras too, but they're also equipped with close-range blasters, essentially, that can take some of these enemy combatants down, uh, literally. I got to say, I fully retract my earlier statement about this being cool in a sci-fi sense because I was thinking of something different that maybe uh, will happen. Uh, I, I initially in my head, was thinking of a uh, a drone that would be small enough to be mounted on a shotgun or another firearm such that you could shoot the th- you could sh- discharge the firearm and then if someone is running away, you can click another trigger and then a drone goes after them to monitor them. That's Bad. what that's what I was thinking. That you nested drones. That is imaginative, my friend. I like that. That sounds like something out of like an anime or, or, or maybe Total Recall or something. That's super cool. Um, but yeah, but these that, are these are drones with these are drones firearms with firearms them. attached to them. Uh, they have six rotors, um, and it uses a combination of AI and sort of more advanced physics to stay in the air in these small rooms. They don't say exactly how it does it, but a lot of uh, of these drones that we're talking about, even the smaller ones, deal with a phenomenon that is uh, very um, uh, affectionately referred to as wall suck, uh, which is that thing I was talking about earlier, which can cause drones with heavier uh, payloads or carrying heavier equipment to crash because of the way the air is displaced when they're mm-hmm. indoors. Um, that makes sense. I've seen... Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other drones that have that kind of weaponry. I think Russia, uh, as reported by The Verge, specifically does have a drone with a literal shotgun mounted on the frame. But that thing, I think, would just from the shape of it, looks like it would be vulnerable to wall suck like you're describing. Uh, and it's meant, at least officially, to hunt down other drones. But with this, I think from the design you're describing, that those multiple uh, multiple rotors give it much more, I guess, agility, freedom of movement, and it can work with that lack of air currents. Because you're right, a lot of these, especially the ones that seem kind of designed almost like paper planes or a stereotypical plane, a lot of those feel like they have to have a ton of open space, which just would render them useless indoors. So this is... Technologically speaking, this is a great breakthrough. But what do you, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Are, are they, so they're announcing these, they've unveiled them, but do they have a yeah. timeline of when they're coming out? Yeah, we were trying, we were all three of us trying to find some footage or, or like a prototype photo or something. And it doesn't seem like it's at that level. This may, I don't know if this is announced or if this is like a leak or something, but um, there's a couple articles about it. This one on Gizmodo has a little bit more info. Um, it was, it's something that's being, uh, spearheaded by the United Kingdom Strategic Command, which is the agency that supports the Ministry of Defense. Um, and they are the company that is developing these uh, battle drones um, has, has gone has remained unnamed. Um, but we do know that the model number under development is something called the I-9 and that it is operated by uh, a person with a remote control. Um, and the AI, in addition to uh, helping maintain the equilibrium indoors also identifies targets. So mm. it essentially has like predator vision on board kind of uh, targeting capabilities. I'm assuming with some kind of infrared or some ability, you know, <clears throat> night vision or what have you, you mm. know, for different situations. Is yeah. there, um, there's an article in the times 
that has, I, I think maybe it's a picture of the drone. Is it the I-9 with the six, the uh, yeah. hexacopter? Because yeah, I think that's just an example of a hexacopter drone. Uh, okay, yeah. I, but I haven't looked at, sorry, I haven't looked at the times. I was looking at uh, Forbes. The, it, this thing is being reported all over the place. Uh, but it, again, it's in slightly different ways. And maybe it's just because some of the reporting is bringing in mention of several other types of drones and several other companies. So it's a little confusing as to whether or not they are naming the company or not, but uh, it in several of them, it does say an as-of-yet-to-be-named company. That's right. That's what I'm seeing, too. And and this wouldn't be the only purpose for this thing, um, the indoor close combat stuff. It could actually be used to knock other drones out of the sky, um, and there could be other models that replace these dual shotguns with uh, a small rocket launcher or a chain gun, which I believe is kind of like a, an automatic machine gun type situation, isn't it? Yeah, a chain gun is insane. Like a Gatling gun, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, just, the craziest thing to me yeah. is that whatever AI they're using to control the, the actual stabilization of the vehicle, like that's got to be so robust to be able to fire something with so much force right. and still be flying in the air uh, enough for a human pilot to... St- continue to pilot it because right you you just imagine the shake that would occur if you've, oh, you all you've got blasted backwards against yeah. the wall you know yeah the recoil resistance is clearly one of the primary breakthroughs mm-hmm. i think uh from a programming and an engineering perspective but the thing is that is regardless of how smart a drone can be we have to remember that a shotgun is dumb and bullets are dumb. It's not as though a uh, shotgun, at least the kind they're talking about, will have ammunition that is capable somehow of differentiating between a target and a civilian. Like innocent people will likely die if something like this is deployed inside a council estate, which is kind of like a subsidized housing in in the UK. They're they're crowded, dense areas. I, I don't. I would be interested to hear how the AI is uh, aiming to uh, differentiate between targets and find the right person. Because facial recognition is screwed right now. It's it's clearly got problems. That that's that's a really good point, Ben. I will say it it, it does require input from the operator to actually deploy any yeah. kind of you know weaponry on a target. So it's not, it's not like the thing could just decide on its own to to, to murder people. And correct, yeah, yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's specifically because it's being designed by the armed forces. It's specifically for conflicts, essentially, that are occurring, you know, in, in Afghanistan or another country where there's there's a official, essentially, war conflict. True. Um, yeah. But at least for I mean, now. That, yeah, exactly. That's how this stuff rolls out, right? Test it out in, uh, test it out in a country uh, that will t- test out in a country that is a war zone, right? Skirt some of the other legal restrictions that would exist in your country, and then give it to the law enforcement of your home country. I mean, that's what. Like, why do you think there's so many MRAPs? Uh, as part of U.S. law enforcement today, there's a huge business. Well, it's the same thing that we talked about with that slippery slope with that Clearview uh, facial recognition software where it's, oh, no, this is only for law enforcement, guys. Don't be crazy, you know, but in the same way that a lot of things like tasers and radar detectors, and we've talked about this, you know, uh, start off as only for law enforcement or only military. Eventually, if they're affordable enough or can be copied, uh, which something like this, you know, I mean, I'm surely it's going to be quite expensive, but I can't imagine it would be as expensive as like one of those massive UAVs, you know, that look like a small airplane. I mean, uh, you know, it'd probably be mm. like tens of thousands of dollars rather than like hundreds of thousands. of. Dollars. That's just my guess. I just picture a world where if you wanted to, you could get your own dual shotgun drone. You know, people make them. Sure. People have been making, uh, you know, in like the backyard experiment level, people have been making this stuff uh, in their own houses. 
the the thing is again the recoil problem. I'm sure you can find plenty of videos where someone's like, "All right, we're gonna fire the gun I mounted on this drone," and then you see the camera on the drone just yeah. sort of go <laughs> smashes into a tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this is something that's on the radar of some you know human rights organizations. I mean, first of all, a, a U.S. company, Duke Robotics, uh, recently released an octocopter. That can carry heavy weapons. Fun and that's to, to quote, be used in various military applications, including here's where it gets crazy, Ben, uh, border patrol law enforcement, drone on drone warfare, and counterterrorism. Jeez. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, I just, well, I don't know, it's, again, slippery slope. And then there's actually Human Rights Watch uh, published a paper recently that, you know, kind of talked about some of the issues behind lethal autonomous weapons, uh, but also mentioned that they, quote, can have military and humanitarian benefits. Um, and that was a paper that was delivered uh, in August of last year at the Convention on Conventional Weapons Group of Governmental Experts. Uh, and, it, and it referenced the UK um, research as well. And then last mm. thing, there's this is real. There's an organization. Oh, yeah. I know what you're yeah. It's not an organization, but it's like, a, I guess, a movement. It's called it's a the, coalition. Yeah, the coalition. It's called the Campaign to Stop Killer Robots. Uh, and that's the thing you can look into yourself. If this is a stance that you want to take, they're there for you. Um, and it says, quote, the U.S., China, Israel, South Korea, Russia, and the U.K. are developing weapon systems with significant autonomy in the critical functions of selecting and attacking targets. Um, cause you know, the next logical step is eliminating the human element entirely. Uh, if, if we, you know, if we believe it's the same with aut- autonomous vehicles, I mean, those things are death machines. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Well, so, and they, they, yeah, I the disagree. Oh, <laughs> really? Autonomous vehicles. Yeah, man. Look at the math. No, I mean, uh, potentially, I'm just saying potentially a vehicle is a lethal weapon. So oh, yeah, sure. For I mean, I understand that you're that you're behind the science and the and the the systems, and it, they do tend to be very efficient. But you know, you could apply that same logic if we get far enough along in the technology. Someone's going to be like, "Well, who needs humans anymore? Let's just the machines know we've programmed them to to know the difference. Let's just let them let it roll." Right. The future of humanity is ghost haunting an automated house. Right, where we right. don't have agency to make. Uh, decisions and so on. Yeah, the thing with the reason I'm, I'm hobby horsing on autonomous vehicles, which I personally, I personally wouldn't want one, is that they, the science is there if the infrastructure is in place and if the majority of vehicles are autonomous, then the highways become much safer. That's true. But then I guess the next question is how far away are we from someone getting an autonomous vehicle and mounting weapons on that one day and then just setting it on its merry way? Autonomous weapons. Yeah. What safeguards do we have in place? We don't. The legislation will catch up after the deaths, unfortunately. That's right. And another part of the statement from this uh, campaign to stop killer robots says that this type of automation of lethal weapons, quote, shifts the burden of conflict even further onto civilians, which I think is an interesting way of looking at it. Um, yeah, so what we were talking about. It's it's the collateral damage that you can't prevent yep. um, with a shotgun or a rocket launcher. But it's acceptable, Matt. It's within a margin. It's, it's within an acceptable margin. Yeah. Yeah. Bullets are dumb. And if Bullets you get one enemy combatant, then job done. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like, uh, you know, those quotes you hear every so often in the military that say, we killed, you know, X amount of people. We killed 10 people. We were mainly gunning for this one person, but because we killed that one person, we saved 2,000 people. So if you look at the math... Right. And then they start doing that insidious game. Then they'll say, really, we saved 9,990 people. You just have to subtract the 10. There you go. Which is a terrible thing. But but I guess we're going to see these uh, pretty soon because make no mistake, uh, if there is uh, research like this going on in any country, then the U.S. is doing it as well as a matter of policy. That's like we don't that's just our government deciding it doesn't want to have some kind of defense or technological gap. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and it really is just kind of, a, you know, it's one of those things that if unchecked could lead to a an escalation of this kind of thing, you know, fully autonomous. Um, because we're pretty confident in our tech. We sure we, we like it. We like a good tech, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the, the the less the more we can you know eliminate a job if we don't need it the the better you know for for some of these folks. Oh, that's a very excellent point. Ah, it's a story for a different day. But why does everybody forget? We're not going to go directly to a uh, a, a post work economy. We're going to go to a post worker economy. People will still need jobs. They just won't be around. Uh, it's there. There are a lot of plot twists between us and the utopian world of Star Trek. Uh, but there we have it. Thanks for bringing that, Noel. Any uh, any last words on this one? Well, not not on that. Really quickly, though, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. This came up when I was looking for stories today, um, unrelated to anything or even remotely conspiratorial. But maybe uh, there is a new ebook um, released on Amazon. Uh, by MJ Edwards that's called Kissing the Coronavirus. And I want to read you. From read, Wuhan to Washington. Right? Wuhan read you, to the White House. I want to read you the, distra- the, the description real quick. <clears throat> she was supposed to cure the coronavirus. Instead, she fell in love with it. Dr. Alexa Ashington Ford is part of a crack team of scientists tasked with finding the cure to the devastating coronavirus. Little did she know she would end up falling in love with it in this steamy viral erotica. Kissing coronavirus is a steamy tale about forbidden love and dark desires come to life. That's that's real. And you could purchase that. Yeah, it's free. Absolutely free on Kindle of Unlimited, and it's six bucks on paperback. But the part that they don't really put front and center is that it's only fifteen pages long. <laughs> that's amazing! Wow. Yeah, sorry, I had to. I could. I couldn't help myself. But that's all I got. I think we can uh, take a quick break from our sponsor and then come back with some more actual strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, and we are back. And for this next story, we... Well, I'm, I'm just going to give credit where credit is due. My wife showed me a portion of a YouTube video she was watching on the night prior to this. And it was on the feed of one Paris Hilton. The you, Paris Hilton? The Paris Hilton. The one. And uh, to be completely honest, this is not somebody that I have uh, thought about or, you know, honestly been looking at anything from for for a long time i i guess because paris hilton had such a large stardom what was that the early 2000s yeah sure. it was like yeah, she was, was palling around famous with, uh, for not being doing anything yeah famous for being an heiress that's right but she was always palling around with what's her face lionel richie's daughter and they had yes. like a reality yes. show where they like worked on a farm or something you know and they yes. were what does the walmart sell walls that's one of the snackable quotes. That's right. From, oh, got from you. that era. But yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I think people know who this individual is. It was a golden time for vapid celebrity culture. That's for sure. We're still in those halcyon days. It's fair. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And, you know, before you judge Paris Hilton too hard, everybody out there, um, there, I would say in those times, that is very much the way... I re- received the message that was Paris Hilton, right? Uh, felt mm-hmm. that those feelings were very much mutual. Um, I'm, I, and I'm not saying that I'm completely 180'd on, on her, but what my wife showed me definitely um, made her much more three-dimensional uh, and, and in a very interesting and heartbreaking way. She released something on YouTube called The Real Story of Paris Hilton, This Is Paris, official documentary. You can probably just look up This Is Paris, official documentary. And you can watch it for free on YouTube right now. And um, again, to be honest with you, I wasn't terribly interested in most of the hour and 45 that exists within that documentary. However, Mm -hmm. there are a few sections in here where Paris herself um, and along with several other people, they get together and they discuss their experiences in what is described as um, a series of boarding houses and institutions that are meant to curb bad behavior. I'm doing that in quotations mm-hmm. that exists within teenagers. And a lot of the these specific facilities that are mentioned in the documentary are meant to cater to those uh, children of the wealthy. Right. Really, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put yourself in the shoes of a parent, um, my child is exhibiting behaviors that I do not want she, he or she to or they to exhibit, and. I am, you know, I don't know what to do. I've sent her to these other places, these these other educational facilities that don't seem to be working. Now I'm going to send her to this other place that is a whole different breed of of facility. Um, right, we're not playing around now. It's the it's the newer iteration or concurrent iteration of the old trope of sending a kid off to military school. That's yeah. one example of this with the same uh, degradations and violations, which I imagine we'll get into. Yes, let's let's jump ahead a bit here. Um, within this documentary, Paris Hilton d- divulges that she had been through many of these institutions. She had, in many of them, she'd done things like called her grandfather and had him come and pick her up 
she would escape by one way or another, sometimes running with a friend or another child who had escaped running through the wilderness until they were caught. Um, she had essentially done several prison breaks and then eventually her parents had had enough and they wanted to, I guess they just decided to take that next step that we've been describing here. They were going to send her to essentially a prison where children are kept and educated in various ways. And uh, she divulged within the documentary that at 17, she was awoken in the middle of the night. There were people, individuals from this specific school called the Provo Canyon School. And she was taken from her home forcibly in the middle of the night. Her parents were there watching and crying as it was occurring. And this was a very traumatic event for her. I mean, obviously, right? It doesn't matter who you are. If you have that happen... Um, really traumatic. And once she got there in the middle of nowhere in Provo, Utah, she was kept for 11 months. And while she was there, she, along with the other students were prescribed medications, pills that were unknown to them. They, you know, it wasn't as though they consulted with a psychiatrist or something and then they were prescribed a pill and then there's an understanding or something though. These are children and we will give them the medication that they need essentially is what the the feeling is here. Or force them to take it. Uh, they they were the forcing punishment. They were oh, forcing gosh. them to take it with the risk of punishment. And so many horrible things about this. I feel like yeah. I know. exactly. Okay. Yeah. The concept here is that there were control mechanisms for the facility to use on the children. So mood stabilizers, antidepressants, things that are going to make the children tired and numb, really, so that they aren't acting out in ways that the facility and perhaps the parents see as acting out. Um, There was also, uh, again, alleged by Paris and several other uh, children who had gone through this specific school, PCS or Provo Canyon School, um, they described physical abuse, solitary confinement, and the one that Paris describes here, which is animated very well, in my opinion, in in the show itself, in the documentary, she describes being sent to a confinement chamber for nearly 20 hours where she was stripped of most of her clothes and left in the cold. And when she was in this moment, she describes it as having uh, realizations about her life, about what she needs to do to survive, essentially. And she, in that moment, at least according to this documentary, decides to create the version of Paris Hilton that we all know as Paris Hilton. Her specific speech patterns, the way she was going to live her life, that she believed would be, um, I guess, interesting enough to make her a celebrity, to be successful, And it was because of this just terrible treatment that, you know, at least according to her and some of, and some of her friends and family there, this was, this was the moment that Paris Hilton was born essentially. Um, The version that we know, I don't know. It's just very, very strange. And she describes a lot of the same things that perhaps we imagined when we discussed Britney Spears several months or is it months now, weeks? I don't even know how long it was. Like we don't know everything that someone has gone through when they are a celebrity. Right. And we don't know um, how they got there. And I don't know really what I'm saying here. It's just, I guess in the end, this really did change the way I think about her and made me feel like maybe I was being quite a bit too judgmental Early mm-hmm. on, even though the actions that Paris was taking when she was very popular on television all the time and the persona that she was projecting was not something that I liked. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I, I see you in that, man. And I think it's something that we're we're somewhere between encouraged and indoctrinated to do in modern celebrity culture now. Like you, you're not supposed to think of these of people as living, breathing people with all the flaws, all the horrors, and all the noble uh, components that every human being has. And you're not supposed to think of them as having rights. Would you talk about that image? The first thing that pops into my mind, I'm sure a lot of our fellow listeners, is uh, the control that producers have when they curate 
reality in a reality show. I'm using air quotes. Reality show. And this, um, this then seems like there's an argument that the public persona people are aware of today is crafted in some to some degree as a response to abuse. Would you say that's the the long and short of it? I mean, there's certainly evidence to support that, right? Um, you know, my my wife, we've talked about this before on the show, my wife specifically works with children who are classified in the state of Georgia as having emotional behavioral disorders. And they are generally children who have been kicked out of one institution or another in order to end up where in the program that my wife is a part of. And I I mean, you know, there are obviously HIPAA laws and everything. She can't tell me the full story of any child. She can't tell me really any full details of any child, but we can, we talk more on the surface of things and, you know, categories and almost like you're saying, almost all of these children have gone through something terribly traumatic Mm -hmm. um, and are, you know, and again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just know that the commonality here is trauma and then attempting to express and, and work through those feelings and, and doing it in, in ways that I guess society at large views as negative. Um, God, that's vague as hell. And I'm sorry, but that, that's, no, no, I don't no, think so. Sense. I think you're, you're, you're spot on. And I mean, to me, it's a matter of like control too, of, of being able to control one's own destiny, perhaps in a really extreme fashion, but you know, it's an extreme backlash to extreme things that have happened to someone like this. I really, please don't anybody act like I'm being uh, just flippant when I use this as an example, but it's like superhero origin stories. You know, it takes something very traumatic to happen to somebody oftentimes for them to make this huge pivot to like, I am going to self-style myself as the antithesis of this thing that I was that was weak or that was this version of myself that allowed me to be taken advantage of or allowed me to be a victim and I'll never be that again. And so I'll like be the most extreme version in the other direction. Hmm. Joseph Campbell-esque. Yeah. The the hero with a thousand faces, right? The, the, there is, just real quick, if you guys are okay with it, I would like to uh, share some realities of what's called the troubled teen industry and why those, this is just my opinion, I don't think you should ever send your kids to a place like this. Uh, first, there's like zero regulation for a multi-million dollar industry in the U.S. alone. Uh, The punishments are ineffective. They don't work. Kids have died in these programs uh, because of those punishments. Like you said, Matt, kids are getting snatched Elian Gonzalez style from their homes. Uh, I believe you said uh, Paris Hilton had to call her grandfather, right, to, to get out. Uh, and, and just being able to get outside communication is quite a coup in many of these programs. They are private companies, yeah. which means they are profit motivated. Yeah. Uh, and the like, again, the, the thing about the methods they use that are brutish and insane is that they are ineffective. Look at our earlier episodes on whether or not torture works. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a good point, Ben, and I don't disagree with your opinion, sir. Um, I'm sorry. It's just, again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not. No, yeah, it's the same, it's the same deal, right? But it, I totally agree with your assessment though. Um, it, It feels as though they don't work if they are being, if the children are being treated like prisoners. And the scary thing is that for decades, there has been thinking within the field of psychology. There's been all kinds of testing that's been occurring to see what would actually benefit a quote unquote troubled teen. And one of the big, one of the big things that um, w- was purported to work really well was something called wilderness therapy and being out in the middle of nowhere, like this place in Provo Canyon doing hard labor working with your hands, creating other parts of the facility, actually creating buildings, building stuff, chopping wood, um, refining things like that, working with equipment and 
being extremely regimented the way a military would be. Um, and at so many of these places, abuse, terrible abuse has been alleged by individuals within the facilities. And sometimes in a few select cases, abuse at the top of the food chain within, within one of these organizations. And those are few and far between, but when something like that is alleged, um, it hits really hard. And I, I just want to put out here, if, um, uh, if anyone that's listening has ever been through something like this, before we move on to any of the other stuff, please write to us. Let us know your experience. Let us know if you went to the Provo Canyon protest that Paris Hilton and numerous others just did. They, they just held a large protest to, to shut down the school and to possibly even, I don't know, have some other kind of regulations brought forth just on the industry in general. Um, and if you are interested in any of that stuff and you aren't aware of it, I would recommend heading to the website breakingcodesilence.net. That's B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G-C-O-D-E-S-I-L-E-N-C-E.net. There are also hashtags on Instagram and other places where you can join the conversation there. Um, but this is where people are sharing their stories about going through a school like this and, and what they went through and how they're coping, really. The final, final thing here is that Provo Canyon School, which is the the institution in question here that Paris was talking about, they put forth a statement and it's from October 9th, 2020. And in their statement, they are saying that the Provo Canyon School was sold in August of 2000 and they cannot comment on operations or patient experience prior to that timeline. Which we get it. They're they're a for profit institution, like we said. They can't come out and, well, at least it's probably it would be difficult for them to come out and apologize or you know do some kind of PR move that would make people feel a little better. Well, what they do say is that the school provides quote a structured environment, teaching life lessons, providing behavioral health therapy, and continuing education for youth who come to us with pre existing and complex emotional, behavioral, and psychiatric needs. That's the official word from, from the school, and you can check that out at Provo, P-R-O-V-O-C-A-N-Y-O-N.com, ProvoCanyon.com. And let us know if you would be interested in hearing a full episode on this industry, which is wildly successful financially. Uh, I, I think we would also want to pay special attention to what's called conversion therapy, mm. which is uh, the use of institutionalization and pretty brutish methods uh, to try to make young people, to try to fundamentally change young people's uh, sexual identity or orientation, which is still, for some reason, still legal. Only 19 states have uh, banned this. I'm counting DC, but yeah, this is a big problem. So let us know if you'd like to hear more about it. And as Matt said, uh, share your stories with us. We'd love to hear them. Now we'll pause uh, for one more word from our sponsor and we'll head back to the skies. Uh, no shotguns this time. Well, we don't know because whatever's up there is unidentified. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer, 
Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back. So this was, this was hard for me to avoid mentioning because I try not to bug you guys on the weekends because I'm like the last thing they need is, is crazy text from this jabroni. But here's what happened quite recently. Harry Reid, who you have heard about if you follow the U.S. news, was recently in a documentary, and this documentary is called The Phenomenon from a director named James Fox. Harry says something interesting. You'll recognize him as the former Senate Majority Leader of the U.S. He said that the U.S. government has been hiding key details about UFOs for years and years. Well, this is something that Matt Knoll, the team, and I uh, predicted. It it was, it's not like we're reading tea leaves. It was a pretty easy prediction to make. Uh, But he goes on in this documentary and says some very choice things. He said, uh, Quote, why the federal government all these years has covered up, put brake pads on everything, stopped it, meaning the investigations or the coverage of investigations. Uh, I think it's very, very bad for our country, says Reed. He also says that he is aware uh, that most of the research that was conducted, which we know a little bit about, uh, has not yet seen the light of day. Uh, he says that there are not only UFOs, that the federal government cannot explain, but there's, quote, more than one up there, which is bonkers, right, Uh, for this guy to confirm that. Uh, He, as Senate Majority Leader, and and given his various committees that he was on, uh, he would have access to this information. Like, if this came out in 2019 or 2018, it'd be huge news. But we're in 2020 where huge news is hitting like every seven minutes. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. This in the involvement that Harry Reid had with this, with the UFO programs was announced a little while ago when, when that, when that footage first came out, right? Um, Right. The Navy footage. Cause Mm -hmm. Harry, wasn't Harry Reid, one of the guys that disclosed that it was an ongoing program. Yes, that's correct, Matt. He was one of the lawmakers behind that classified program, which has been officially closed. Uh, but since wow. he's left office, he's been more and more outspoken about it. I yeah. mean, I, th- I think we all know 
Okay, it's like you have a job where you can't officially say stuff. Like, we probably all have friends who, for the bulk of their life, couldn't have social media because of their career. Uh, this guy's in a similar situation, right? And, and your retired, your friend retires, and all of a sudden, they're a savage on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And now this guy is becoming increasingly outspoken. I think he's testing the waters. We do want to, I do want to emphasize, uh, he is adamant that the investigation should prize science and not assume extraterrestrials. But keep in mind, we as a species spend billions and billions and billions of dollars monitoring the sky. And we're mostly watching the sky because we don't trust each other. And history has proven we should never trust each other as countries. But we're seeing things that all these billions of dollars still can't explain, which to me is like a what a time to be alive moment. Can you imagine we're finding, it's just like Venus. Are we finding alien life right as we close the curtain on life on Earth? I don't know. Hmm. That, that would be depressing. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but but it's, it's strange though. You would think, and again, we're not the people in charge of the skies, but you would think, that with all the money, all the blood, sweat, time, tears, and treasures spent, uh, we, at least in the U.S., would have a slightly better grasp of what's going on. Or, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think it's? Do you think we're monitoring our own planes? Do you think those pilots are seeing things that are like Skunk Works products? Well, I mean, that's you know we've talked about it before. It seems as though that is the most likely explanation for most. Uh, unexplained aerial phenomena. Is that the, is it you, is that it now or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, so many acronyms, so many so different many. words. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think as we've discussed on previous episodes, that's probably, probably mostly what we've been seeing. If not just uh, someone who doesn't know what types of vehicles are in the air at the time and they see something and it weirds them out, but they don't do any background on whether or not you know, there's a specific aircraft in the vicinity or something. But mm -hmm. there are definitely some strange occurrences that still need to be looked into. And that's essentially what Harry Reid was saying, right? We know that there's something going on. It doesn't matter where it comes from as long as we're spending money to figure out what it is. Like, doesn't it seem like we should at least spend some money on it? Maybe a little more money? <laughs> because <laughs> it could be bad yeah and and i mean the magnitude of it it's like something out of independence day or a blockbuster science fiction franchise uh you know there there are reports confirmed of an unidentified object in 1967 appearing like out of thin air over a missile base in the u.s and then coinciding with its appearance 10 of those missiles became inoperative I mean, this is this is crazy stuff. It doesn't matter whether these are extraterrestrials or let's get crazy and say it's a, a universe to the left of ours on some kind of weird perpendicular quark chain. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're from Poughkeepsie or Peru. There is technology that exists. This is, I think, a nice companion piece to your earlier uh news about drones, Noel, uh, there's technology that exists that the U.S. may not control or may not understand. I mean, Bigelow definitely has something. The only real argument is what that is about what that thing is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and how much involvement Skinwalker Ranch has, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hmm. This is fascinating. Harry Reid, man. Never would have thought he'd be the guy coming forward. Let's get him on the show. If he'd be down, but I wouldn't want to just talk about UFOs. There's so many other things I want to ask so Harry Reid about. Yeah. School of Americas. Uh, why milk came in bags for like just a, a couple, a year or two, and then went back to cartons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My priorities are admittedly a little skewed. But uh, other other missing kids stuff. Uh, <laughs> other missing kids stuff. 
It's all good. Um, really, really cool. So, phen- what is it called? Phenomena or phenomenon? The phenomenon. The phenomenon. Cool. I'm gonna have to watch that trailer. Yeah, and i I have to ask I have to ask you guys what do what do you see, Matt? I feel like maybe you answered this earlier, but what what do you see as the most likely explanation? Like, if it's U.S. technology, uh, then why does it seem like Reed himself is not aware of it? You know, like what what could it be? Because right now this reminds me of uh, Angel Hearts. Spoiler. Mickey Rourke's character is hired to hunt himself as a detective. So what? are we like chasing our own tail? <laughs> well, it's, uh, okay, to answer the question, first of all, uh, Harry Reid was a Democrat and Senate Majority Leader uh, for a time, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering why he would be in the know about ultra-sensitive topics like this compartmentalized uh, yeah, yeah compartmentalized things like why would they ever let anyone in the senate know about something like this if it were the real program right uh, i know that sounds weird no it's a good question if it were the real program it feels as though gosh i feel naive even saying this it feels to me as though if harry reed was aware of a a program that was monitoring ufos within the united states that it was probably the B program or the program that's like the okay yeah we'll let we'll we'll let there be something because a few senators and public officials know that there are all these reports and they get calls sometimes we'll let them have 12 million or whatever it's going to be to look up in the sky and monitor for a little bit okay uh meanwhile the two options are it's all US technology and it's all secret or it's definitely aliens and the military doesn't want the Senate or anybody else to know about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, I dig it. Uh, and, and I like it. I like the idea. It makes sense to me of a dummy program because the best way to prevent people from making progress toward a discovery you want to hide is to provide the illusion of progress <laughs> toward a discovery, right? And bonus points if it's unrelated, you know? Yo, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Noel? It's hard to. I mean, look. I don't know that. I, 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 so it's, it's, you guys both make really good points. Like it feels like you know the level of clearance that this stuff requires. People wouldn't just casually know about it. Like I don't know. I'm you a little, ca- Harry yeah. Reid was like a part of it, right? But you're saying that even he wouldn't have had the the deepest knowledge. Of everything going, I'm on. Ca- I'm I'm being a little facetious. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm allowing my more conspiratorial brain to come out. But uh, um, it's at least the the secret, the secret Senate facing or uh, program, right? That's what we're talking about, right? Right. So, so it was still secret, but the Senate was aware of it, and I guess to me, it just feels like. I don't know. Maybe I've just watched too many movies, man. Maybe I watched too many sci-fi things, read too many things. It just feels like you wouldn't allow for that if it was or, real. Or maybe you've read too many uh, history books because I think that could totally happen. Look at the the CIA was the left hand of the U.S. government making all these moves that the right hand, aka Congress, was not aware of. You know, it, like I, I really appreciate the point about compartmentalized intelligence being. Uh, so it's a thing we don't really talk about in the U.S. The thing we should be talking about more in the United States is the division and the different, at time contradictory aims of the what I would call the multiple actual governments. Hmm. And I'm not don't confuse this with a deep state argument. What I am saying is that a lot of the power. A lot of the influence, the funding, and the classification of what is or is not secret is squarely the domain of unelected government officials, appointees, who exist regardless of uh, which team happens to hold the presidency or the congressional majority. Those folks are able to, unlike say, a president or unlike, say, most senators, they are able to work on a multi-decade time horizon. They can make a change. They can do something that 
a politician would be terrified to do because it would get them, perhaps rightly, booted out of office. There there are two separate things here. And maybe what we're calling UFOs, maybe that's the domain of the people we don't get to vote for. Maybe they're all just early prototypes of that drone with a shotgun, man. Or the shotgun where you mount the drive. Getting way too into that idea. But, uh, <laughs> the drone, sh- the nested drone, drone shooter. The two, yeah, exactly. The two unrelated stories we didn't, I didn't report on. That I really wanted to. I'll just give you the headline so we end on a slightly less yeah. weird, depressing note. Um, first, Elon Musk is uh, in deals with the U.S. government to make some completely unclean, evil space weapons. That's what he's mm. doing with the Tesla money. Uh, Second, uh, France has decided to uh, distribute medical cannabis uh, for free. Cool. Heard about that. Heard about that. Just to like chill people out during all this craziness? Uh, I, you know. That's what they said. That was the (laughs) quote. (laughs) They're like, everybody chill people out (laughs) during all this crazy. Did you guys see the new South Park pandemic special? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, I only mentioned it because uh, the pandemic special, quote unquote, is actually Randy's like discount weed uh, deal that he's, uh, you know, that every, every now and then it makes light of the fact that weed dealers like business went through the roof during the pandemic. And he keep, he keep people keep thanking him for, oh, really liking the pandemic special. And it, it's a it's a key uh, plot point in the whole episode. So uh, he seems, you know, very forward thinking, much like the French. I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh they're rolling it out for 3,000 people in March of next year. Not too clear on the qualifications you have to have. Uh, this may be good or bad news for some of our listeners. You do have to live in France. Yeah, but no, that's a, that's a great. <laughs> They're not amazing. delivering it. I'm just thinking 3,000 people. Think about the population of France and then 3,000 3, people get free weed. And how are they being chosen? Yeah. You know, is it terminal? Con- are these people with terminal or incurable conditions? There are certainly more than 3,000 of those people alive in a country of that size. Is there like a, do you have to submit a high idea and like the best ones get free weed? I have never heard the portmanteau high idea and I love it. <laughs> Did you write that? <laughs> no. That is wonderful. Yeah, that's, I can't really talk about it, but it is a okay. thing. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Also, the word portmanteau is itself a portmanteau. That's pretty See? neat. I did not know that. That's very meta, Ben. <laughs> and with that, we are going to call it a day before the drones break in or before, I guess we're, nah, we can be honest about it. We're probably too old to be locked up in the troubled teen industry, right? I don't know. The, the troubled middle-aged guy town. I think that's just prison. Uh, it sounds an right. awful lot like getting black bagged. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what it was. Uh, here's hoping that a strange news does not find you getting black bagged. Uh, we want to hear from you before we get disappeared. Uh, we try to make it easy to find us on the Internet. That's right. You can find us in the usual social media uh, nooks and crannies of the internet where we're uh, Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. We'd love for you to join us on our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. Easiest thing in the world. Just uh, name one of the three of us right here or a super producer or two or all of us or just something to make Ben laugh or, uh, you know, freak me out make reference to my bird phobia or something. And you're in. And we'd love to see you there. Also, you know what? I, th- I think we've all been uh, uh, making the horrible mistake of occasionally going on and reading some iTunes reviews. And most of them are lovely and lovely people that are writing about how much they enjoy the show. But there's some awful human beings out there. Don't be one of those awful human beings. In fact, go and leave a nice review to push those mean ones way down the list. We'd really appreciate it. It also helps people discover the show. And it makes us feel good in our hearts. But what we do accept constructive criticism for sure constructive criticism is one thing but you breathe too heavily kill yourself is not uh (laughs) not that so yeah people tell me that all the time people have been Uh, (laughs) making fun of me for my weird voice for my whole life it's there's no (laughs) but uh but we do love to hear from you and matt you make a great point about creative 
or constructive criticism. I like creative you, criticism more. <laughs> creative criticism. Give it to me in Esperanto. Let's get weird with it. Uh, because you specifically, you are the most important part of the show. This cannot exist without you. And that is why, uh, that is why it makes our day to hear from you. You can also call us directly. We are one 833 S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. Let us know what's on your mind and let us know whether we can use your name or your voice on the air. And if you don't want to do any of that and you want to just, you're, you're old timey, you're old school, you can send us a good old fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.